We need your help, Baconeers. A small donation will help the network provide higher quality programming that will result in you instantly getting rewards because who doesn't want something awesome for doing something awesome? So check out patreon.com backslash B-A-C network. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash B-A-C network or click on the link on our webpage. Thank you so much for your support. Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that says Wi-Fi because Fi. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was god-awful. Yeah, I know. I saw a shirt that said that while I was on the uh, Earwolf uh, shirt store, which they have a lot of shirts that are, they must, it's nothing but like shirts of inside jokes, which can be really fun, but I don't listen to a lot of stuff on Earwolf or its sister company, Earpop, which is um, Paul Shear. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't listen to a lot, it's, it's like, outside of the, the, how did this get made shirts, which I was showing you the What's Up Jerk show from last, or from, um, shirt from last week. Um, I kind of just want the shirt where it's them doing the junior, po- junior movie poster. No, they've changed their cover when that's just them in a movie theater with, like, June Diane Raphael, like, enjoying it, and, like, Paul Shear's like, what is happening? And I think uh, Manzukis is like just like head and hands type of thing. Um, That's too bad because I really liked them with the uh, junior movie poster. That was record. yeah, and that you, was a long time ago though. That was what that was that was their starting, um, their starting art. Well, I think that was pre June Day and Raphael and Paul Shear having kids. Very much so. I think they were already married at that point, but because I think they have two now. Yes. Um, that was always nice to play catch up with the. How did this get made? How did that baby get made? Portion of the show. Well, I can make an assumption on how the baby got made, but you know. You could assume, but then again, you have Matt Myra and his wife, something, Dory. Dory. Uh, doing uh, Matt and Dory's excellent adventure. Yeah, where it's I've seen them, them on doing, Instagram. Yeah, them going through. Um, In vitro and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think that's really cool that they're doing that and that people have reacted to it in the way that they have, that the audience goes, I've been going through this too. Or, I didn't know this about IVF. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people have struggles with fertility. My brother and his wife are uh, waiting to get another baby. They've been waiting for about a year and a half. I have a good feeling. I think it's going to happen soon. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Good. Not for any reason. I just have a good feeling. That's a rare thing for you, so that's nice. No, I think my meds have leveled out pretty well. Damn so, it! You keep yelling at me for being polite. I don't yell. Okay, fine. You keep. I admonish quiet, politely. Well, you keep quietly explaining to me that right, I need I to very, not look at you while we're recording. I appreciate. I appreciate that you know that you look like you look at the person you're talking to. Uh, I wish you know my eyes are up here. Stop staring at my crotch. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the thing is, they don't know you don't do that until I just said it. Um, it just makes me think of the, the 30 Rock joke. The, hey, my boobs are down here. <laughs> that had to be Jenna. No, it was... um. Tracy Morgan. No, um, the character Hazel. Actress, oh, um, uh, Christian Shawl. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Hey, the, my boobs are down here. The anti-Kenneth? Yeah, like I said, her name was Hazel, but yeah. <laughs> Did she and Kenneth end up hooking up in that? Oh yeah, a lot. Okay. That, that makes all the sense. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, real yeah. quick, I think I was thinking of something about stuff getting picked up for third seasons. I know that uh, Good Place got picked up. Legion's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something starting next month. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I'll watch it just... I'll, I'll watch it to find out, like... I mean, I know that's their big grab is how did they get onto a spaceship. The thing um, is, the, the two most interesting characters in that show are always Coulson and Ward. Uh, no, I found the will they, won't they with uh, Fitz and Simmons. Was, that was is nice. true. Yeah, that was And great. now that, you know, and, and their, their whole struggle with, you know, uh, Fitz's whole thing with, you know, trying to be manly was really funny, but very poignant. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I always kind of forget about Fitz and Simmons sometimes, but they were pretty compelling as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I, I just, I don't care about Daisy. And Simmons got the shine in the, um, the Agents of Hydra arc. No, like I said, I just, I just don't care about Daisy. I just don't fucking care. Yeah, her whole yeah, I well and let's we'll just jump right into it. Um Well she was supposed to be, you know, the lead and kind of carry the show and I just I she just She was our way in. I don't think she was I, I just, mean I, I think it's an ensemble piece, care. obviously. I mean, like I said, Colson and uh, Ward were always the more interesting characters to me. And Ward just because he was so fucking twisted. We'll get, we'll everything get, that happened with him and his brother. <laughs> well, yeah. Um and Ward does come back on the Agents of Hydra. Um, arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I want to make this point, um, and we'll go into a, I'm sure we'll go into a sidebar about it in a second, um, and we'll get deeper into it later. Um, but are you glad that they've got, they've done something different with um, Black Siren, so that Katie Cassidy can still have a job? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure she's got offers. I'm not saying that. Um, well, she's a very pretty girl. Yes, she is. Um, Still cannot believe we didn't know she was David Cassidy's daughter. Yeah, unfortunately, rip David Cassidy, I guess. I mean, it's one of those I kind of went, okay. Yeah, that was that was kind of my thought on it. I mean, I'm sad that he's dead, but... The, what, the original Mirror Master. Yeah. Like uh, I said, 90s I, Flash. I was going to say, I am glad they did something different with Black Siren so Katie Cassidy can have work. But, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it, so for like them to bring back, uh, what the fuck is Ward's... Uh, actor's name uh, Brett Dalton um, you know is that cause, I mean they could feasibly bring him back somehow some way I mean it's Marvel no one stays fucking dead well there's no more Lazarus Pit but still well there's no Lazarus Pit in Marvel anyway you just realized you were talking about DC didn't you I did uh huh yeah, I got to have the... Uh, I was going to uh, say, I really wish you, that people could see my face when I had that realization. It was it was Rainbow Pinwheel. Um, I, think no, I, I think I zero-aired for a second there. Yeah, at Thanksgiving I was trying to... I wasn't, I wasn't actively trying to ice out a family member. Um, I was very passively doing it, where I was just like <laughs> answering open-ended questions with yes and no. And having my back turned to them the entire time. Um, I guess that's actively trying to ice someone out. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I was trying to be as polite as I felt I needed to be. And at one point, they were... I, I don't know if they did it on purpose, or they might have been on drugs. Um, or both. Yeah. But they uh, I, they confused uh, Thor with, with Justice League. And I almost, <gasps> I, almost took, no! I, I almost took the bait. And I was like, different companies. And then just like looked like... That was all I said. 
it's, it's but like the, in my head, I was like nerd screaming. I was no, like, it's motherfuckers. The, it's the bit that um, Pussane's got. Yeah, Pussane's got. Quickest way to nerd rage is to get their. I was gonna say get their obsession wrong. Yeah, the um, cards are back. As they're <laughs> standing out line for Star, Star Wars. Star Wars. Because like Picard I, works in that one. I was gonna say it. I the whole one about him being like as I drive away with X-Files I was going to say with season 3 of the X-Files and my Buffy comics and the, car. the thing was the guys were trying to yell at him that like a mattress was under his car like they were trying to help him oh yeah well he totally thought the jocks were making fun of yeah. him because the mattress was stuck underneath and he's his like we're car. not in high school anymore <laughs> it's my best Brent Posehn impression sorry I'm trying um, to I'm trying to remember what comedian oh it's it's totally Pat Oswalt when he's talking about the, the jocks in Florida getting uh, trolled by the gay dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gay. Still an ass, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, when they, the gay guys can't call the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, rednecks. The jo- I think it's the jockey construction workers or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, Florida is such a weird place. Yeah. How's that going to work out in your personal life? Oh, no, that was, he's not from Florida. Mm-mm. Okay. It's not Floridian. No, there are some other red flags with his personality, though. Not just his name, which we're not going to say, but... Uh, he lives in Boulder. Okay. And he's a big fan of fish. Oh, I damn. know, I know. However, we already had the conversation where I'm like, you know what, do whatever you want to fucking do, just don't try to make me like it, okay? Yeah, I got into... We don't have to like all the same things. I did, however, introduce him to Elliot Smith, though, and he liked it, so I'm working this on it. This is the Elliot Smith any Rick. <laughs> Um, Give into the Elliot Smith. So I, uh, yeah, I was talking to a family member, my mom, and uh, she goes, she was talking about how uh, Eagles and Jimmy Buffett are coming, which is probably the worst concert I could possibly think of. Um, oh, I'm sure we could do worse, I mean, like String Cheese Incident and Grateful Dead. Yeah, I mean, if you're, but I mean, just for like not jam band. Okay. That not for like that level of horribleness. Um, but see, I mean, just see Ario Speedwagon in uh, Kansas. I would see the fuck out of that show. Hey, right, right, I would absolutely see that. Uh, to hear "Carry On My Wayward Son" live would be a bucket list moment for me. All I can think now is, you know, because that's a Lover Boy song. And Lover, Lover Boy has always sucked. Yeah, that's everybody's working for the weekend. Zach, look at you. My voice carries. Um, it's the Foreigner episode, and I can't remember what line he's trying to use. Because every. Everybody's working for the weekend. That's not Loverboy. Yeah, it is. It's their one hit. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's when everybody was wearing bandanas for some reason. Yeah, them and the guy from Dexy's Midnight Runners. Kevin Nolan? Nolan? I don't know, but now I'm just thinking of And that. now he's a tranny. Now I'm just thinking about the video for Journey when it has, you know, the women in the Sparks Factory. <laughs> was that a Journey song? Yes, it was, um... You're not going to say separate ways, because that's wrong. No. That's all they're walking on, the, like, wharf. <laughs> I think it's love doesn't always come on time. There was a spark spike. On the line! <laughs> yeah. Huh. No. I don't remember that many Journey videos. Well, yeah, they weren't really that popular in a time where they made videos as much. Yeah. So... Also, they're not particularly attractive men. I love Steve Perry, but he is not easy on the bikes. Same with fucking... Uh, Mercury. Freddie Mercury? Yeah. I don't know. And Steven Tyler. If anybody can rock a mustache. Tom York. Yeah. Oh, God. Tom Tom York's a hideous chud. Well, Tom York's whole career is based on him sulking over a girl breaking up with him. 
and singing nonsense fucking lyrics about it, like she's buzzing like a fridge and the policeman's car's got a watermelon or whatever the fuck OK Computer was about. Um, it's just a very English thing to do. It's the same thing with, like, um, Coldplay or, uh, I was going to say, the uh, Gallagher Brothers. Oasis. There we go. They've got a few songs. I if you if it's you, not if you, pronounced supernova. All right, there's no fucking R. Well, it's not vanilla either. But I mean, <sighs> they that's you know. Like I said, it's very. I li- I like when they say that though. Vanilla. Yeah, or like supernova. Giant supernova. Oh god, that used to piss me off so fucking much. You know, it's his eyebrow singing, right? And yes, I know that was singular. Um, I kind of imagine that's what Bert would look like if he was an actual human. The not, not the drinking one. The other one, yes. The one that's actually got the talent. Liam. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, Noel's the one that's like all about the rock star lifestyle, right? Well, they were both there for a while, but yeah, Liam. They still total can, Bert. They totally can't stand each other still. Well, <sighs> luckily for us, no oasis. <laughs> Um, but you dig deep on there, like, there's, like, at least one or two songs in the album that, like, that are, like, very deep right in the middle or at the end where I'm like, I like that song. Like, there are a few that have popped for me well, that I really it's, like. it's interesting, because that actually, I was having a conversation with Tony, we should have over again to guest at some point soon. I was having a conversation with Tony about how Lotion by the Greenskeepers is a really good fucking song, but the rest of the album is not great. I don't even know what the rest of their songs it's sound not, like. It's not great. But it's one of those things, it's the old adage, even a broken clock's right twice a day. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's buried in there. There's one song that's going to pop. Well, I was just talking to Katie about that, because uh, she ended up, um, after I gave her her mix on a, on the US, well, I burned it on a CD and then um, loaded it onto a USB drive for her mm-hmm. so she could put it on her computer. And she gave me back the USB drive with a bunch of music, which I thought, I mean, kind of modern mixtape. It wasn't in any order, which was kind of cool. And I think, she said I told her I would listen to it on random anyway, which actually does make sense, because I'd probably just listen to it while I was working on a Fear Agents illustration, which, so it doesn't matter what order the songs go in. It's on random! So, it's on, there you go. Put the song on its own. Nice, nice. More English people. Um, So... I have already forgotten my point. Uh, she gave me back a USB drive with music on it that wasn't in any order. Yeah, but what were we talking about before? Songs that, that pop when they're kind of surrounded by a bunch of random shit. Oh, yes. And so... No, uh, I, I, was, if you don't mind. I don't. Uh, so I was telling her that, um, you know, Plain White Tees. I like Hey Delilah. I don't like anything else they've done. There are two, like, pop punk whatever you want to call them, pop rock, um, for my taste. But there's that one song where it hit at the exact moment uh, in my life or it just struck me in a, a mood that I had. Um, and there, I mean, every band's, I think, got one or two of those songs in their repertoire unless they're, like... Terrible? Yeah, terrible. I know. So, <laughs> so um, but well, let's go back to, to Marvel. Because I, speaking of... of not caring about any of the characters and weirdly late uh, emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally, <laughs> it's been, it's probably been over for about a month now, um, finally finished Inhumans. Oh, God, I can't believe you made yourself suffer through that. I, uh, yeah, it's rough. Once again, they have genuine, poignant emotional moments at the very end where you're like, 
if you fuckers would have had this at the beginning, you might have had at least a bit more of a chance in terms of connecting with the audience and having characters I care about. And they bring back Triton, who got shot and supposedly killed. And, like, I was like, well, he's not dead, because they give him a name, and I know he's a major inhuman in the comics. Um, Though I, I love that they do bring up, once again, at the end, where, you know, Black Bolt's like, I'm a good king, and his brother, who's staged the coup for the entire show, is like, yeah, you have a water-based guy on the moon where there is no water. Like, you can't care about the people that much. Um, which remind me about Maximus, because I do have an excellent point about that. But, um, so they bring him back, and I'm like, well, yeah, I saw that coming, because no, no stakes, no consequences. Um... The only guy that, that dies and stays dead is, like, a doctor who's helping the bad guy. And you're like, okay, so now the bad guy doesn't have a way to do his bad thing. So that doctor has to stay dead. But, like, everyone else they bring back. Or Triton was part of a secret plan to fake his death. Whatever. Like, it is fucking ridiculous. Then, typewriter's hand. Okay. Type, total typewriter hands. Then cut to the master dancing around to Scissor Sisters. That was awesome. Getting, it's a bitch getting people to like you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, I, uh, and everyone shat on Medusa's hair, which, fine, it wasn't the greatest effect, but they shave her head, like, within the first episode, and she looks good with short hair, and that lady, I can't, I don't know the name of the actress, uh, looks like Medusa, like, I was kind of like, the more I watched it, I was like, yeah, yeah, and the guy that plays Black Bolt, who was on, um, Hell on Wheels, um, whatever his name is. Uh, great job. Developed his own sign language as Black Bolt because he didn't want to use ASL because it didn't make any sense if they're on the moon. How would he know ASL? Pretty much, yeah. Um, and thought of his own language. Like, they, they did a lot of work. It just sucked. Except for Maximus, who is played by... I'm going to fuck his name up because it is horribly, I believe, Welsh. Um, <laughs> Oppressively Welsh? Almost. Uh, probably pronounced Ewan Roan. I W A N and then no, it, that's pronounced H- um, A M. It's pronounced how? A M. A M. I think so. Anyway, I know him from he played Simon on the Misfits. Most people know him as the guy who got his face eaten by a dog on Game of Thrones. He was the other bastard in the War of the Bastards with Jon Snow. Oh yeah, okay. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he fed people to his dogs or something. He was like the Russian from Dark Knight, right? Uh, Dark Knight. I was gonna Knight. say Reek. Yeah, sure. I don't know, didn't watch it. No, no, he wasn't Greek. Um, but he was Dog Boy. Yes, I know exactly yeah, yeah. who you're talking so about. So that's how people... But he he really fucking owned it, except I, the, I mean, the, his accent was a little muddled, but I think it worked. He was on the moon. How the fuck am I supposed to know how he sounds? Um, he did the best job. I mean, and he committed. He was, I think in his head, he was like, I'm going to try to polish this turd as best I can. And he did... Phenomenal. I'm glad they didn't rely on Lockjaw as a gimmick. It was the giant teleporting CGI dog who looked great. Um, they didn't rely on him as a gimmick, which I was very happy with, probably because it was very expensive. Um, but there, the opening, and I, I've wanted to talk about this since I saw it, the opening sequence, the title sequence, uh-huh. is very um, Legends of Tomorrow, where it's like the symbols of all the people in it, and there's like Karnax, and his power looks, they made his power look really fucking cool. He sees the flaw in everything, and the way they do it is, like, how he can, like... He does the situation and then, like, kind of pauses it and replays it to get the right angle so he never fails. Okay. Like, it was a really 
cool way of shooting it. Um, bullet time with like overlaid like uh, math equations and stuff. Like he's actually figuring it all out um, before he ever does anything. It, it was really neat. Um, and the way they kind of talked about how he's a very insular character because like he was talking to a woman who was like flirting with him and he's like, yeah, we're going to have fun for the first couple of weeks, but then like this is like, you're going to do this and that's going to annoy me and then we're going to break up and you're going to be like, he literally sees the flaw in everything so he can never truly be happy. Um, but anyway, but so... But if he's truly happy, he'll get his soul back. And then and his heart will grow three times bigger. Say, and I was going to say, then he'll be tortured and turn into evil Angelus again. Evil Karnak. And I'm, by the way, I have not gone back to it. I'm sure I will with the child. But with the Grinch stole Christmas, the Grinch didn't hate Christmas. He hated people. I can get behind that. I'm just saying... He just wanted him to shut the fuck up. I'm with him. No, he just wanted companionship. I don't. I just want people to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and a dog named Max. That'd be fine with me. So anyway... How so, was your report today, Deb? Oh, it was fine. Deb just yelled about how the Grinch stole Christmas. It's effectively, I want to be my, my biography. So anyway, so they do the thing with like Karnak tattoos and I what a Black Bolt symbol and whatever, and Crystal's, like, the, the little band on her hair, um, which I guess is her hair in the show. In the comics, I always thought it was some kind of decorative thing. It looks like a, like a band that goes on the sides of her head, and then there's, like, a circle in the back. Okay. So, but in, in the show, they kind of colored her hair in that symbol, like, that's her hair, which I get, I mean, works. I mean, with Lockjaw, he doesn't have, like, a little antenna. No. It's, like, coloring on his head. I always did kind of think it was, like, a little... Some kind of hairpiece or something. I mean, crystal? Like some in kind of the, hair yeah. accessory or something. Yeah, yeah, like, you know. So, um, but, so they show the symbols, and then it's like, Inhumans. And then there's like a little cartoon lockjaw that like teleports it away, and I was like, it's fucking cheesy as fuck. Well, I think they wanted you to know what you were getting. Cheesy as fuck. You know, I, I watched it because I'm a completist. Um, and I'm glad it's over. I'm glad I don't have to rewatch it. There, like I said, there are redeeming qualities to it. They put in a lot of work. There was some good acting. There were solid moments just at the end. Sorry, I have a burp that's stuck. Oh, there we go. And so I mean, like, the thing is that you don't get to like do things like you used to, where you can kind of settle into a show over two seasons. You have to get it right pretty fast. Well, and especially when you've got the brand of Marvel, mm -hmm. which really this is their this. In my opinion, we talked about this uh, a while ago with, with Iron Fist, but really, between Inhumans and Iron Fist, and Inhumans is a bigger misstep than Iron Fist. Um, oh, and with and every with, time I think about Iron Fist, I just get a little angry. But like I said, I feel that they redeemed to some extent um, Iron Fist with the Defenders. Inhumans isn't going to have that chance. Well, see, the thing is, what you liked about what they did to redeem Iron Fist and the Defenders is they refused to let him take himself seriously. Yeah, which I think was a problem with Iron Fist, is that you're trying to... And I'm not saying it should not It should be a laugh riot, but, like, there are people that straight-faced went, yep, went to a mystic place that only appears every 15 years, punched a dragon in the heart. Like, they took that on... Uh, like, they, they took it on so quickly that you're just like, no, you would be like, what the 
fuck are you talking about? Well, it's also that the fact that they did start out kind of with a place for humor, where they have him listening to Outcast on his little iPod. On his oh, on the old iPod, yeah, and it's always like, I'm Danny Rand, I'm Danny Rand, which was funny at first. Got really annoying by like the third but episode. But it's just one of those things where they, they started in a place where they could have done a lot of things that were humorous and still keep the seriousness when, of the tone. When he runs into um, Hogarth mm-hmm. the first time and he's like, Jay Money, like that was fucking awesome. Yeah, Once see? again, great Danny Rand, bad Iron Fist. Inhumans, just bad. <laughs> just fucking awful. But I mean, just the whole thing with him and uh, I was going to say, what's the actress's name? Who? Who uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say... Trinity. Like I said, J-Money! And you get even another little side of her, too. Yeah. Like I said, they had a lot of really good stuff. And I mean the whole thing with the uh, M&Ms when he's in the mental hospital. Yeah. Like I said, they had a lot of good stuff there. It just never fully congealed. Yeah. Um, Maybe next season, the one we didn't ask for. Well, I think think they cracked the code. I think once they got to Defenders and figured out how to make him work, I think they can make him work. But really, only really he, and, only just, he and Daredevil, only he and Daredevil are going to be changed by the Defenders. But I mean, it was really just one of those things with like the first Thor, where it was almost like, all right, let's get through this so we can get to the next thing. Yeah, actually, I watched the honest trailer for uh, Thor: Dark World last night, and I was like, I liked Thor: Dark World. I, I mean, know. it was no Winter Soldier, but still. But uh, and I was like, yeah, it was really pretty. There's almost no real substance to this. There are a few really good moments and a few really good things about it. I really liked the design on the ships where they looked like they were kind of chipped out of um, obsidian. Yeah. The black stone. Yeah. The, and yeah. I was gonna the say, elf ships. Yeah, the elf ships. Uh, there's the scene where he goes into Jane's apartment and hangs up the hammer on the and coat the, Yeah. And there's them talking to the scientist. Pretty much. Anytime Selvig is on, I'm in. Like I said, I love that they didn't just have him be like, you know what, this happened and I'm the same. No, it completely changed him because he was taken over by Loki with the Loki Pokey stick. Yes, and, and I, I had I had something on that and then I, I lost it. Uh, oh yeah, the, when the honest trailer guy goes, and wait, why is this guy trying to shoot red Kool-Aid at the sky holes? And I'm like, that is the plot, isn't it? Homeboys trying to shoot, shoot red, red Kool-Aid at, at the sky, sky holes. Ugh. And then everyone explains the convergence like the same way over and over and over again. Like it's if you watch it if you watch Down Shoulder it makes total fuck it's like you're like, yeah. And I know that's the point is they do that to every movie to make it look stupid. Okay, my favorite is the honest uh, honest trailer of Showgirls. It cracks me up so have not seen it. We'll hard. watch it when we're done recording. Well they do a thing at the end where they give extra points every time she licks something. She licks a lot of things in that movie. In Showgirls. No, but you're ta- are you talking about Honest Trailer or are you talking about Cinema Sins? Oh, you're right. I was thinking Cinema, Cinema Sins, Sins is yeah. the points. Because oh, they do the they did the one with Twilight where they count how many lamps are in a certain scene. They also have the, the random mouth sounds at the end. That's the bonus round where it's him, her, it's Kristen Stewart going... Yeah, doing the, the weird random mouth sounds. For like, and it's like a minute and a half long. But yeah, I love Cinema fucking hysterical. Sins. I think my favorite thing that Cinema Sins has ever done is they were doing the Cinema Sins for Pitch Perfect... And they have this one shirt that is right down her top. And he's like, I don't know why, but I like this scene. 100 extra points. For, oh, for liking her shirt? Yeah, it's, um, it's, I think it's 
Anna Camp, but yeah, no, for liking her cleavage in her shirt. Ah. Like I said, I don't know why I like this scene, but I do. A hundred extra points. <laughs> I love when they do that. Um, so let's get into a, 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 a season that did not suck totally. Uh, Stranger Things 2. B+. Plus. B+. Plus. Are you looking, B+. Plus. Are you looking forward to 3? Yes. And I'll, I will explain why. Please remind me. Because I know I I'm I'm going to describe season three in one sentence. Because <laughs> everyone goes, you know where it's gonna go, and I was like, no, you don't. Wait, yes, you do, and I know where it's gonna go. So you find out very quickly, and I talked about this very early on before I'd finished the, the season um, that I'd been like a couple episodes in, and it, it hadn't grabbed me the way the first season did. Um, well, I had a lot to live up to. It did, um, and it, it 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 hit the beats it needed to hit. Um, but no, the very beginning been, was showing... It's been positively received. I mean, oh, yeah. It's not, everybody's not raving about it, it like they did the first season. No. It's been very positively received. Well, it's much. It's a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in that the first one was so unique and original. Um, I mean, I know Guardians is based on a Marvel Comics property, but you know no, what I mean. No, but it was so different from all of from the everything, other movies. Yeah, from everything else. Even, you know, yeah. that The second one, you're like, oh, it's good, but it's not as good, and I don't know why. It's because... It's, I mean, for it's effectively the same thing. Like, you're not seeing Rocket for the first time. You're not seeing, Gro- well, yeah, I guess you're seeing Groot in a different Mary light. Mary Poppins, y'all. But you know what I mean? Like, but you're like, oh, it's Yondu, it's Rocket. Like, a lot of this is a lock. It's really nice to have the arc with Yondu, though. But something We're not I, getting into Guardians 2. No, but it's something that I like about James Gunn's movies that I think is one of the reasons that people tend to like him is that he doesn't do throwaway characters. When you have a character, especially one that has put in at least a little bit of emotional growth, you see them again later on. It's not like you interact with this person one time and then they never speak with them again. He did that with his brother's character, mm-hmm. who was a Ravenger. Ravenger? Yeah. Ravenger? Whatever they Ravenger. are. Um, but like I said, he doesn't have he doesn't have disposable characters. Not real. I mean, he put Taserface in there to be disposable. Um, and he, I, 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 I think he said he like he just was so fascinated by a character named that that he had to put him in there. We're not getting into Guardians. Okay, sorry. Back to Stranger Things too. So, yeah, I think a lot of people were like, I like it. It's you know, it's it's Will, you know, seeing the under, uh, I keep saying underground, upside down again. It's you know, uh, L or Eleven, um, you know, figuring out more about her and the experiments and such. Um, as opposed to having 80 staple Matthew Modine, who does pop up in it. Um, you have 80 staple Paul Reiser. Oh, there we go. Sorry, uh, really him. chewing the scenery. Loved Paul Reiser in it. He hasn't really done anything since Mad About You. No, he, no, not really. But he does have a line that's very similar to his line in, fuck, is it Alien or Aliens? Which one is he in? I think it's Aliens. I think it's, yeah. Where he's like, he's like, don't worry, trust me, and you can't trust him. And he does, he has a line that's very similar, which obvious not to his character in Aliens, and they've said that. They're like, it, it was on purpose to misdirect you on whether you could trust him or not. Um, but the first couple episodes really just show you where everyone is. You know, Eleven is with Hopper, who, the, the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, safe in a cabin hiding. I'm sorry, while you're telling me this, I'm just picturing that guy dressed up as Eleven for Halloween. Sitting across from Hellboy. That was good. That was just the big black guy dressed as Eleven, carrying the waffles, and it's just that's exactly who I picture doing all of these things in my head. Great. It's it's not Bobby. I was gonna say Millie Bobby Brown. I was gonna say it's not Millie Bobby Brown, but I just picture the big old black guy dressed up like her. 
go with it. Um, you know, Willising, you know, having um, visions of the Upside Down. Uh, the other kids are just being fucking kids. Um, Dustin steals the kid with the... He's got the disease with the... He's got, like, fake teeth. It's the... You know who I'm talking about? What? The kid with the lisp. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the character's name is Dustin. Mm-hmm. Um, he steals the show. Uh, just, A, his, like, just his cursing. Because it's not, like... What's the actor's name? Is it Finn Wolfhard who plays... He's in the new It. And then he's also in Stranger Things. Okay. And, like, apparently from his time on It, he was dropping F-bombs. And they're like, please stop. Um, that just That just makes me think of the scene in Christmas Story. I don't know. When he refers to his dad as being the Picasso of swearing. I can see what he's saying there, but I don't know if I'd agree with that exact metaphor. Because, I mean, really, like, he was a cubist, so... You'd say things like, that pisses the shit out of me. <laughs> like, you have to diagram it out and break it down, get to deconstruct it for it to make sense, much like Picasso's art. I am thinking of the right person, right? Yeah, I'm yes, thinking, Picasso. thinking of Picasso. Okay. I didn't say Rembrandt. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, wait. Did no, you, you're, you? you're thinking of Picasso. Okay, good. Um, so that's not a compliment um, at all. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I liked it. You saw, you meet, as, as you have 11, you met 8, who was like an illusion caster. Um, and they're tracking down, she's got like a whole punk crew that there's a whole bunch of Grant Morrison's Invisibles references around um, at their little punk hidey hole. There's like squat, you know, squatting warehouse. Yeah. Uh, there's references to Tom O'Bedlam, Barbalith, and King Mob, who are major characters in Grant Morrison's comic, The Invisibles, which if you haven't read, please do. Um, Deb, I will eventually re-get the entirety of it and I'll just loan it to you. That's fine. It's something fun for us to do when we get a cons is uh, pick up issues. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt down the I'm gonna try to track down the um, like deluxe edition. So I've only got like four of them as opposed to ten. I have to tell you, as a side note about comics, my copy of the Dark Knight by Paul Dini is getting passed around pretty frequently. It has now been read by both of my doctors and Mike has it. Nice. I listened to the podcast. It was it was almost hard listening to him uh, go talk about it. I mean, he's processed it really well, but well, it's, it's, it's very yeah. difficult in the beginning to start reading it. But, you know, it is, I think, about finding your way back to yourself. Um, season three in one sentence. I'm not there yet. Okay, God. So, the big bad in this is, uh, they end up calling it the Mind Flayer, which is another D&D character. Much like they have the Demi-Gorgon in the first one. Oh, they have Demi-Dogs. Not Diamond Dogs. Demi-Dogs, which are... Dustin finds a baby Demi-Gorgon named Dart, because he likes Three Musketeers, so he names it D'Artagnan. I know, like, how That's adorable so is... cute. Yeah. And it starts out cute until it grows and breaks free and eats a cat. It eats his cat. It's an elf. It's almost elf. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it's, and then there's a love interest. There's a new love interest with a, uh, a girl who's actress. I, I can't think of the name, uh, but she plays Max, who has a boyfriend, or has a boyfriend, who has um, a brother who is in the show for... What appears to be no reason. Uh, he acts as a foil to Steve. He's like the new kid. You know, like So I think his name's Billy. Uh, comes in and he's like, I'm going to be the new king of the school. And all the girls talk about his ass. That happens. 
Admittedly, when they show it, it's nice ass. I, yeah, framed real well in jeans. I, I gotta give them that. Uh, but shitty little, shitty little mustache, like mustache and like a mullet. Like he was like the California bad boy. Uh, of yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, so he was kind of the foil to Steve, where it's like, oh, there's a new King of the Hill type thing. Okay. Uh, which does not work. Um, and then he keeps warning Max away from Lucas, who's the black kid. Mm-hmm. And he can never, I honestly couldn't tell if he was being protective of her with, like, I don't want, like, don't date anyone in this small, dinky town. Or if he was racist. Yep. Like, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was racism and no one said anything and maybe it'll play out in season three. I don't know. Okay. But it seemed like he was fucking racist. Uh, the only reason he was there, other than to punch Steve in the face repeatedly, which does happen, um, was to hit on, um, hit on one of the kid's moms. Uh, no, it's so fucking funny. Cause she's like in a bubble bath reading a, like Harlequin romance novel, like with a glass of wine and the doorbell rings and she's like, you know, Bob, can you get it? Or whatever the dad's name is. And he's like asleep in like in in his chair in front of the TV I'm watching sorry. the uh, like you know wheel or something. Wheels on. And you know, so he's obviously like just like not having it. And then like he's at the door and she's like, oh, a suitor, the vapors. Um, and them flirting was really funny. Okay. Uh, there's a part so. where he takes like a seductive bite of a like Nella wafer or something, and I apparently that wasn't in the <laughs> there wasn't that wasn't in the script. He just did that like thinking that that's what the character would do, and it totally works. But he's basically in the show for no reason. Um, has no point other than to basically harass his sister and be possibly a racist. Um, season three, well, or, I'm lucky, sorry, season. If we're lucky, maybe he'll you know depart in season three with the parting line. Line, I'm leaving now. For, for no, no reason. reason. God. I just, I wanted to die. Sean Austin was good in it. He had, uh, he was annoying. He was just as annoying as he was in The Strain. But he went out like a hero. Just like he did in The, the strain. strain. Um, and he went out in a way where, like, you knew he was gonna, like, you knew he was gonna die. Like, you know, they set it all up. And they're like, there's no way he's gonna get out. Like, there's no way he can get to the extraction point. And then he does... And he sees his girlfriend, Winona Ryder, and he's like, Yay, I made it! And I was like, three, two, one, bam! Gets jumped by a, a Demogorgon dog thing and just chewed to death. And it was just like, God damn it, like, you gave him that hope. That was the worst part. He didn't just die going out like a hero, but like, you, you gave him that hope that like, he had made it. And there's a part where like, he forgets the gun. That never, like, that never gets paid off. Like, you're like, there's no point where the gun could have saved him. Like, he was looking away from the dog at Winona Ryder, who obviously needs to end up with Hooper. Um, obviously, he accidentally left his bag with the gun in the cab with his Indian cab driver. Right. What was his... And it, what's his the cab driver's name? What was it? Uh, um, it'll come to me while we talk. That's fine. But, um... I'm so proud of you! Kill him! Uh, I'm not allowed to watch it anymore for a while because it's distracting from all the other stuff I have to watch. So, um, damn it, see, it almost came to me because I'm trying to play the movie in my head and hear it. Um, well, it's not Sanjay. No. But it is something else extremely Indian. Anyway. Is it Pardeep? Is it Pardeep? No. 
Um, no, wait, his cousin's Pradeep, I think. No, it's, uh, uh, Bantu. Who's his, who's his... His rival. As, as handsome as he is devious or something. Handsome as he is devious, yeah, his rival who stole his Because that's his the one, friend. when Costas is like, Bantu? Um, God, I'm just still... I'm so Mohinder, proud of no. Him. No, Mohinder was from Heroes. Heroes, yeah. Anyway. Mohinder Suresh. That's true. So we're not going to give him powers, and he gets powers. Same with uh, uh, Ando. Ando, yep. Um, so anyway, so season two ends with a very sweet moment where Paul Razor gives Hooper um, a birth certificate for Eleven. Mm-hmm. She finds her mom. She finds her real name. Um, her, what could be aunt or something, um, this person taking care of her mom. It's never quite clear who the that person, who that woman was. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, makes the call and says, I, she's here and I don't know what to do. And she, Elle's like, well, I'm fucking out. And then she ends up running into eight. Um, and I like that they're introducing the other subjects. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they're not like, they're, it's not like, you met eight and now you're going to meet the rest of them. It's like kind of one a season kind of gets them doled out. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so you don't have, like, the overkill of, like, well, and now not, you're meeting all the subjects. Like I said, they're not blowing their wad. Um, and you only see, you only see eight, like, in the lab as well. Like, you, like, we have no idea what any of the other, um, ones before eight, or nine and ten, or anything past eleven. We have no idea, which I really like. Okay. So anyway, so it ends with a very sweet moment where, um, Paul Razor gives, you know, Ho- Hooper the, the birth certificate, and Hooper says, how long do we have to hide? And, uh... Paul Razor's like a year and Hooper's like fuck okay because it's already been a year yeah. that she's been in hiding without this um and uh but he lets her go to the, the snowball the snowball the snowball dance that um Mike was uh, uh Finn Wolfhard's name the best friend character uh Mike asked Eleven out in the first season yeah so he finally gets his like dance with her and they kiss and it's, I mean it's a really sweet moment and then Max kisses Lucas and Dustin dances with, um, uh, what is the name of the sister? Not Joyce. I can't think of the Mike's sister's name off the top of my head. That's okay. But, like, Steve's now ex-girlfriend, because mm-hmm. they break up. But, like, oh. you know how she's, like, the queen of the school type of thing? Yeah. Like, she ends up dancing with, like, the nerdiest kid, and all the other girls are like, oh, if he got, what's her name? How, like, what? Um, and he does his hair like Steve. It's really funny. Like, he and Steve have a great bonding moment hunting dart. Um... I can't believe they named it D'Artagnan because it like three Musketeers. Yeah, bars. it's a door. I mean, he does steal the show. Like him cursing and just trying to like flirt is hilarious because it's like a love triangle between Dustin and Lucas and Max. Um, so anyway, so it all ends with they're all at the dance, uh, and I think Billy's there because he's trying to find Max because she snuck out to be with give Lucas. Lucas, yeah. right? And. Um, and Hooper and Joyce are in the parking lot sharing a cigarette. Like, a lot of, like, it almost seems like closure. You know what I mean? And I then... Think, I think it's nice for them to have a breath. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to catch a breath. And as they're taking that breath, Deb, the camera starts spinning. And it starts slowly shifting to the Hawkins Middle School in the Upside Down, where the Mind Flayer, the Hydra creature, is, like, over it. Um, seemingly ready to, you know... To you know, not enter the school, but like start an attack. Yeah. So everyone's like, "Oh, that's you know, you don't." And I said, "I don't know how it's what the third season is going to be." And then I thought of it. 
And it's gonna be fucking rad because you think about all their little, like little references. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Die Hard. <gasps> They're all gonna be trapped in that school, fighting off the Upside Down. I hear the Hans Gruber fish is to die for. And Nakatomi Sushi. So I we were gonna do Die Hard for Christmas. Was that just? That was just Abed that did that. That was just Abed, but it's they have all the funny little references though with him taking off his shoes. Shoes and he's in the say, soiled wife beater yeah. and all that. Um, so, but no, I'd say B plus. It wasn't as good. Um, was it because it wasn't a wholly original idea like the first season? Um, it, I don't. I don't think it was as tense. Um, I don't think it needed to be though. I think it delved. I think because it, it delved they, deeper into. You had combinations of characters you didn't normally see, like Dustin and Steve. Um, the kid who got busted for coke. Um, Will Byers' older Should brother. Charlie Heaton, I believe, was the guy that got busted. Um, he and, um, damn, thought the sister's name almost popped into my head. Um, Dopender. It was Dopender. I knew I was close with Mo Ender. Um, I'm so proud of you. Kill him. Um, Kidnapper. (laughs) So, uh. Damn it. Anyway, I've already lost my train of thought, so. Uh, but, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, let's get into, uh, a short thing, uh, a slew of longer things I'll just rattle through, okay. and then we'll go usual ending nonsense. Uh, I picked up, uh, Rat Queens Volume 4. Oh, yay. I also picked up Monstrous Volume 2, but I'm not all the way through it yet. Um, Rat Queens seems I think my big notes are I, I assumed you're gonna ask me if the if that one artist that had beat his wife and kicked him off the yeah, comic yeah I think it was in the first two books I want to say when that well it's just one of those things because it, it was supposed to be a very important female book and then yeah. you have a fucking wife beater working on staff yeah uh, he did not come back good there there was okay. rumor that they had kind of courted him um, well yeah I know there was an article about it and people were pissed so um, but like I said it's, it's supposed to be such a female I just positive. thought of a good opening. <laughs> do you want to save it or do you want to say no, it? No, no. Well, because we're probably going to talk about it in usual ending nonsense. So. Okay. Um, but it does... It So, he's not back. Rock, whatever his name is. Um, I don't know who draws it, but it is... It's good. I mean, once again, art art in the, in the similar vein of the last couple books. Mm-hmm. Even though the different artists who are a little bit different, it's still... As long as it's not a huge variation No, the there's no, not a know, huge departure. I was going to say, you know that's my big bitch about some of the last volumes of Sandman, is it was such a massive departure from style. Yeah. Well, and especially when you read it in it. the trade paperbacks, because he collects a lot of the, like, yep. one-shots or the, uh, like, episodes that were, like, singles. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's going to have a different artist, like, for, like, three issues. Well, when you're reading it month to month and you know that they're, like, standalones... That's fine, but when you're reading it, yeah, like Nicole, literally binge, yeah. kind of binge watching it, in essence, it it does it's take so away, jarring. especially because I don't like Chris Buckingham's art. Um, Me neither. Especially when it's inked by Chris Bacalow. I, I, those two together, like I love their art separately, but when they work together, it's it's a fucking mess. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it does seem like it ignores Volume Three. Like Volume Three was all about finding out that Hannah was like half demon and. Her like, um, sorry. What do you? What I do you, put up a practical a, joke and it just paid off. I'm not gonna get into why your phone's even out. Um, I put up a profile online in Tinder with just a picture of my. I was gonna say with just a picture of my straight out of lotion shirt and totally put the tagline on it. The would you fuck me? I fuck me. 
I'd fuck pretty hard. I wouldn't have written that on Tinder. I did, and I didn't put any other information up other than my age and a picture of that t-shirt, and I am getting hilarious responses. Oh, I'm not trying to... From people that want to wear you. Like I said, I'm not trying to date any of them, I just thought it would be funny. Sweet Jesus. Um, Well, I was recently described as a little bit creepy and a little bit awesome, so, yeah. But... By guy on Tinder or just oh, someone? Oh no, it was on... David. Oh, there we are. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like it ignores the third volume. Like it, it does talk about how she's kind of come to grips with um, being a demon. But the third volume ends mm-hmm. with her leaving the group, and the group like on a ship sailing towards it, like a new adventure without her. And then the fourth volume picks up with they're all together, huh. hanging out. Well, and there's a new, and there's another, there's one, there's a character that has been in all the books, mm-hmm. who's now a rat queen. Well, maybe they'll walk it back. N- no, I read the whole fourth volume. They don't. I meant, on, like, the fifth volume. Maybe. Um, so that was a little weird. I mean, it's still funny. It's still great. Um, obviously, the guy's, an, I mean, you could tell he comes from an amazing storyteller as, as a dungeon master. Um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad it's back. I was re-watching the uh, D&D episode of uh, iZombie recently. Oh, yeah, when they all get into it? Yeah. And she's the dungeon master. When I think it's... Who was it that ended up being really good at it? Oh, well. Clive, it. probably. I think that, yeah, I think it was Clive that ended up being super good at it. Yeah. And he wanted to keep playing. Yeah, and he wanted to keep playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, not a shock. It was either that or Peyton. One of the two were going to be, like, super into it. It would have been funnier if it was Peyton. No, Peyton was completely disinterested and kind of a dick. There's always that person. Um, we're going to do a new thing with, uh, the DCTV, or the, uh, Berlanti Universe, or Berlantiverse. Um. We have to figure out a much more clever name than that. Well, that's, that's what it's called. I know. Or the Arrowverse. I mean, they call it that. Because Arrow is the first one. I prefer Aerospear. It's Pornscape. Um, how'd you get out of there? I had to fuck all those fucking fucks. So, <laughs> um, we're going to do a thing where we check in... About periodically. A, periodically. Um, which is going to work out, I think, you'll you'll catch kind of the first six episodes, then a mid-season finale, and then, you know, after the mid-season finale, pick up, and then finale. Yeah. So I think it'll work that we don't do it week to week, especially when it's, you know, we're, we're without Lizzie for... Well, until he decides to show back up. Um, He's traveling. Oh, that reminds me. I need to tell you. I think I'm going to New Orleans in March for a little bit. Great. I know the internet knows. Um, not that they're going to do anything with that information whatsoever. I was going to say, what are they going to fucking do with that information? Nobody cares. <laughs> Some of those people on Tinder might. Um, I can't help that I'm so it's So, so my big notes for Flash are, uh, I love... They've introduced that there was a uh, that when they brought back Barry by using a sphere with his DNA to trick the Speed Force into releasing him. Yeah, and he comes back crazy. Mm-hmm. He comes back very uh, beautiful mind. Um, that it unleashed like a wave of like dark matter, which is their MacGuffin, really. Um, it's their Wonderflonium. Yes, it is. It's their unobtainium. Uh, unleashed on a bus full of unwitting passengers. And it changed them all. So now they're tracking down these 12 metas. One of which... At first I was a little skeptical of introducing Ralph Dibney, the elongated man. 
Get it all out now, Deb. I'm sorry. All the dick jokes, just come for it. And he's a private detective, so that's even better. I'm sorry, because you said private detective. I now imagine him inspecting people's genitals. Not a private detective. <laughs> private eye. That's not exactly. It's not. No, it's not no, better. No, it's not, it's not better. better. So, oh. obviously, stretching powers, uh, and uh, and that's such a it's kind of a weird thing to do because it's just so ridiculous that you can't take it too seriously. Um, at one point, he grabs a helicopter and Flash runs up his arm. It was really cool. It sounds pretty cool. Um, and something I, I didn't I something I didn't think they were gonna do is he went. That sounds like a because he's you know it's all about like figuring things out, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Ooh, a mystery!" And his nose wiggles, which happens in the comics. People, everyone's like, "That was a weird thing to have happened." No, it wasn't. And I thought it was gonna look silly, and it kind of did, but I still loved it. I don't care. I think that this one of the things that they never got right about Fantastic Four is that when you have a character whose power is stretching, you can't take it that seriously. Unless you're Josh Trank, in which case you take it way too seriously. So. And I repeat, that's why I don't think the Fantastic Four ever worked. Is because they were trying... They didn't take it super seriously in the Chris Columbus stuff. Yeah, it also just wasn't very good. I liked the first one. The first one was okay. It had, it had a good balance of, like, action and camp. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was very, like, tongue-in-cheek, like... It wasn't meta wink and I nod, think, but... I think Chris Evans as the Human Torch hit the right beats. And Michael Chiklis as the thing. Oh, that was perfect. I mean, the casting except for Jessica Alba was great. Jessica was fine. She's just not Sue Storm. I agree. But everyone else, like Ian Gefrold, Grufald, however you say his name, um, was was good. The guy who played, uh, was it Julian Mc... Julian something. McMahon? Who was, who was, McNichols? Something like that. I was going to say who, did, who was... Who was who, Victor Von Doom? He was fantastic as Victor uh, yeah. Von Doom. Yeah, really good. Um, so, but anyway, so uh, I, I love seeing Ralph. Uh, once again, it's kind of the rise of a hero where... They give him a suit that stretches with him, but it looks like it looks like just like this like white like bodysuit, and then like a white daredevil like half face mask with the eyes cut out. Like it has like zero style. He's like, well, better go put my ugly suit on. Like, but it stretches. Like you know what I mean? Like, so he hasn't become like the elongated man, the Ralph Dibney that I know and love. Well, I and, mean, and the thing is, the character he's who they call him when Batman's busy. For detective, like he's no slouch. Um, and there's that great not epi- question mark. Oh, the question? Yeah, not the question. No, he, the, the he, question he, tends to kind of move like, outside of like, said, like the social circles to, of the Justice like League. Said, he'd be what I'd go to if uh, Batman was busy. But yeah, like I said, aren't him and Huntress dating each other? In, in the in, uh, in the cartoon. Okay. Now in the cartoon, I was just about to bring up where his voice, uh, where elongated man is voiced by Jeremy Piven. Do you remember that episode where it's like Booster Gold solving that like walking black hole problem? Mm-hmm. Like at one point, I think they say like the elongated man was the guy who like came through at the very end when they were fighting whatever the magic guy was, or Drew or something. Um, but uh, he he is kind of a, a go to character, and and no, they wouldn't go to the question because the question tends to move like kind of outside. Of the sphere of the Justice League, he tends out to work with others well. Well, he's a crazy conspiracy theorist. Exactly. Um, but in terms of when they needed a detective, Ralph didn't just got to go to. Okay. Um, so, kind of an interesting character to have on. Right now, he's just being a philandering uh, 
douchebag, which I Maybe really like. On my ugly suit. <laughs> I mean, I really like that he's like, like a, the featured guest or customer at a strip club. Like, yeah, it's great. We don't know anybody like that at all. Nope. Not with stretching powers, anyway. So, not that um, know of. and they've introduced the thinker, um, who, when you get into his backstory, apparently he was trying to power his thinking cap. <laughs> which, yes, sounds incredibly stupid, but then again, when they thought of that, it was, I believe, in the 40s. Yeah, I think he was a, a villain in, the, like, the late 40s, early 50s, so, I mean... Well, it's like him and the sportsmaster. It sounds stupid, but it's actually pretty interesting. Well, but, you know, like, it's like, when you go, Spider-Man, what are his powers? It's, it's, it was the 60s. Like, there wasn't... You didn't have to think of clever n- names back then. It was... I'm still, like... Hey, he's a man and he's super... Well, yeah, let's call him Superman. Like I said, I'm still thinking of the Sportsmaster. He sounds like a mascot for, like, a guard sports. I know, but they made him so fucking badass in Young Justice. Well, the thing they is, got him right. I was going to say, the thing is, once you kind of learn a little bit more about him, he's actually a pretty cool character. Right. But when you hear the name, Sportsmaster, you're like, sounds like a douche. Yeah. Um, so, the Adventure a Thinker. Um, I like that, once again, not a speedster. Um, he was given, like, hyper-intelligence in the original, um, uh, what the original Dark Matter explosion at Star Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife is, like, a genius mechanical engineer who helps him, helps him build a, uh, a chair that keeps him alive because he's, uh, effectively dying of ALS, um, because his brain is soaking up so much energy, it's, like, taking away from, like, the, his the bioelectricity normal, from, yeah. Normal body functions, yeah. From, like, the nerves in his legs and shit. So, I mean, it's kind of kind of a Mr. Freeze-esque bittersweet. Um, but I like that he's outthinking them constantly, and to the extent where six episodes in, he introduces himself to the Flash. Like, the Flash has got a feeling that it is DeVoe. They've kind of asked him questions. No one else, you know, he's, he's eroded people's trust in Barry. And... Barry Allen finally is like, you know, I'm sorry I've been harassing you, you know, whatever. And he goes, well, I'm the thinker, and you're the Flash. And it's like, and I had a few friends who were like, I don't like that that happened. And I went, I love it. You know why? Because we didn't know who the man in the yellow suit was. We didn't know who Zoom was. We didn't know who Savitar was, annoyingly. Um, <laughs> that was just shitty. I like that they're trying something that different. This new... Other than he's in a wheelchair. And I'm like, well, he didn't go that far away. Like, he didn't stray that far because well, first season, well, yeah. But I do like that at one point Cisco goes, maybe I don't trust people in wheelchairs and points at uh, Harry and he goes, not me. Like, so then... I have to tell you, I, I've gotten over this, but for a very long time I did not trust people in wheelchairs because of one very specific incident on a bus. Oh, the, where the guy got up and yeah. Yeah. Like I said, where the I'm just gonna say, first of all, he broke the fucking bus, so I was late for work. Second of all, he broke it because they put the lift down and it got stuck, and he just stood up in his wheelchair and wheeled it away. Like a dick. Fuck you, dick. Um, Arrow, I love that we've had uh, Slade has come back asking uh, Ollie for help with his son, Joseph, or they call him Kane at some point, which makes no sense. Why wouldn't you just nickname him Jericho, like he is in the comics? but without his weird, like, mind-swapping abilities. Like, just call him Jericho. It's still kind of a terrifying bad guy name, even though Jericho's not a bad guy. But, like, you know what I mean? It's still, like, it could be a scary... That was the name of the fucking missile in Iron Man. Like, it's got a good name. I need to rewatch Iron Man. First one holds up. 
Well, it's also, it's just that one is so stripped down. You know what I mean? It's mostly just Robert Downey Jr. and some robots. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's a lot of, it's a lot more Gwyneth Paltrow than you remember. Because she gets dialed back, 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 back. Hmm. Oh, well. So anyway. Sorry, um, hero. Though, the weird part with this is that they end up going to, they say the name of the fictional country and I can't think, I don't, I don't know if it was Kandar or not. But anyway, they go to like, you know, out of, uh, off continent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, this is all going on while Ollie is now under FBI surveillance. Just so you know, I would never go off continent with Slade after everything that happened. On no, no, well, because remember they, remember they teamed up last season? I know, but I'm just saying, I still wouldn't go anywhere with Slade. They, they do flash, still flashbacks, but not Ollie. They flash back to what happened to um, Slade after um, he gets off the island, which is fucking metal as fuck. Well, you and I have always liked He basically, Slade. like, starts seeing Shadow, like he does, mm-hmm. and basically kills, like, an entire platoon of, like, Australian Special Forces people, like, in horrific ways. Like, he's just covered in blood when his son finds him. Right, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty epic. I, I, I really like Slade. But, uh, so Ollie's under, like, federal investigation to be the Green Arrow, um, which we'll get to in a second. But, like, so he's being watched very closely. He gives Diggle the mantle despite Diggle having nerve damage in his arm from an explosion that happens on the island last season. Um, and so, the fact like, that, you know, Diggle doesn't fit well into those green leathers. He does now. But he's also been taking, like, illegal, like, human growth serum to, like, ease the nerve damage. And he's got, like, a, a, a tremor. He just needs the Maracuru. He do. He do. He do. He does need the Maracuru. Um, so anyway... Uh, my question is, like, if you're under FBI surveillance, why would you fuck off with Slade? Like, couldn't you say, like, look, I can help you with information and money and means for the most part, but I've got a child I'm taking care of, and I'm kind of under federal investigation right now. Not a good time. Even though it's, like, one of those, like, yes, you have to keep your promise. It's a guy thing. I get it. But still, it seemed really weird. Uh, and then last episode, he was arrested... Uh, as the Green Arrow, or not as the Green Arrow, but arrested for being Green Arrow, um, and we'll see what happens. And he's out on bail. Is he going to throw another party with the ankle monitor? I think he might. Um, Legends, uh, real quick, it's so much fun. Uh, It has no substance. It's these seemingly, and they did start tying it together, so I'm a little late saying this, um, but they seem to have these weird one-off episodes where it's like, you know, they go to the 80s, and it's E.T., and then the last one was, like, Vietnam, and Mick meets his dad, um, played by Cheddar Bob from 8 Mile. It actually works. Um, you know, that they keep having these, like, really fun episodes where they go back to the 1950s uh, and meet um, Hedy, uh, Hedy Lamar. Like, you know, and she's important because she thinks of that, like, frequency... Um, uh, frequency modulator, which this is actually true. Yeah, no. Um, so if she doesn't invent that, then the Wave Rider doesn't work, and the literal uh, Helen of Troy takes over as Helen of Troy in the movie. Like, uh, they have these like one offs, and it's like, okay, but then you realize they finally say it like Mick meets his dad, Victor Garber meets his great grandfather at some point, Ray meets a, his younger self, which you think would break time even more. Um, so they're finally going, okay, something is obviously coordinating all of this. We keep meeting our ancestors. 
Um, but until that moment, which was just last episode, um, earlier this week, um, or, or uh, earlier last week, rather, like, there was no, it seemed rhyme or reason. Okay. Um, and Dark's back, which I love. I love Neil McDonough, but it's like, it's like Flash and Speeds are bad guys. Like, how many times are you going to bring back Dark? I mean, he was on Arrow, he was a part of the Legion of Doom, the last season of Legends, and now he's back with this, with this mollusk person, we don't know. What it, what its whole thing is, other than it was a Time Lord. It was a big bad for the time, not Time Lords, Time Masters. I wasn't going to say anything. Um, probably could be trouble for the Time Lords, I don't know. Um, so we'll be, see. That would be a great crossover episode. It would be. Speaking of crossovers, that happens this week starting tonight with Supergirl and Arrow. Tomorrow, Flash and Legends. So I next see. week we will talk about Crisis on Earth X, which I'm very excited for. Okay. Usual ending nonsense, Deb. Um, social contract, assholes. Oh, you're skipping over all of it. Okay. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I well, I I've got I've got my social contract, asshole. So. I I think especially coming up on the holiday season, it's just try and remember to be kind to people working in retail. Especially black people in Five Points. Is there a follow up here? Yep. Okay. Social contract, asshole. Maybe run some of your marketing that involves the word gentrification. Oh, yeah. Through a focus group. And I worked for the company in question, which I will talk about in coffee. My time there, I liked. I loved the people I worked with. I ended up dating one of my coworkers for two and a half years. Um, remember that you look at the microphone since they're pointing that way. Um, a little behind the curtain, mumbling. Sorry, folks. But. Shut Ripper! So, uh, they put out a sign that said, uh, happily, or something like that, like gladly... Ha- no, I think it was happily gentrifying your, your neighborhood, neighborhood since, for like four years or something Since like 2014, that. which... It's, it's, they're not which, wrong. Oh, sorry. And the thing is, like, I know they're marketing, and I know that they went, this sounds like, I mean, they're like, oh, it's tongue-in-cheek, it's, it's funny. It's funny, it's playful. It's, no, yes. They put no. it in a historically... Black um, neighborhood. And poor neighborhood, for that matter. Um, it has, it's, it's referred it, to as Harlem of the West. I was going to say. Is, our five, is the Five Points area of Denver. In the last ten years, it has been gentrified a lot. But still, Which it is... Which has been a huge butt of contention. Like I said, but it is still a historically black and poor neighborhood. So, they, you know, got shit on... The thing went... Massively like, viral. Massively viral. Not just locally. Uh, it was very biodome-like. You're thinking locally. We're acting globally. Like, it went fucking viral. I saw... There was some um, news outlet online that, like, had made a video about, like, a you know, this shop in Denver, Colorado, where you wouldn't say it like that, it, you know, locally. No. Um, so, you know, maybe run your shit past that. And they apologized, but the store still got vandalized. Uh, which I don't agree with. I don't, I don't understand there's, the there's, idea of protecting your neighborhood by destroying it. I was going to say, there's never an excuse to Every time you have a anything. riot whenever yeah. a sports team wins or or the cops that Rodney King got you know got off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you support your neighborhood by destroying it. It makes no sense to me. Like um, I said, on that note, just like I said, try to remember to be kind to people working during the holiday season. That as well. I'll be doing Cyber Monday uh, because I can't yell at the internet. Well, yeah, I can't, but... Um, the internet won't feel bad about it. Okay. Are you going to a Barnes & Noble? Um, online, yeah. Okay. You should look and see if they have the Death Strip, Death Strip mask on sale. Oh, that one? Mm-hmm. 
I'll put that on my list. Well, I don't have... Unfortunately, I don't have any of those anymore. I don't have the Court of Owls or the Joker mask. We can talk about all this off air. <laughs> if you want. Okay, I think we're done here. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.